Hello and welcome to the Shape of Work, a podcast series by Springworks. My name is Anoop and I am your host. Each week we'll be talking to top people managers across the world on the future of work and how it's shaping our workplace. So sit back and get ready to find out more from these movers and shakers as we have a no holds barred anything goes conversation with them about their journey, their insights, their thoughts, and most importantly their ideas and vision for the workplace of the future. Join in on the conversation. Leave a comment and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Welcome to the Shape of Work podcast. Today joining us is Chief Creative Officer of Sprocket Games, Joe Greylock. Joe, thanks so much for joining us today. It's wonderful to be here. Thank you. Yeah, and we did a bit of research on you guys to see that you're a game development studio, really with a focus on the developer culture and kind of creating an environment for them to thrive. But why don't you kind of tell us what Sprocket Games is in your words and a bit about what you guys are up to? Yeah, sure. So we are a studio packed full of really amazing veteran talent from a number of studios across the industry. And we came together to solve kind of two problems, one of which you alluded to. One of them is we want to find really new and creative and progressive ways to build a, a healthier, happier studio. We often call this just solving the dream job problem, where the industry can be an amazing place. You can get to touch the lives of so many people that love games, but it can also be a really hard place because everyone cares so deeply that they finally got to do their, their dream job making games that it can lead to really awful long hours. It can lead to people feeling like they missed out on a chunk of their life when they're working on that game and they just got to bring it across the finish line. Yep. We're really excited to build a culture from the ground up to avoid that, to take better care of folks so that they also do their best work. Right. That's always been the two sides of the coin. It's not just a charity case where we want to be nicer to folks. It's right. we know they don't do their best work. None of us do our best work if we're spending 70 hours in the office, if we have an right. office, if we're you know toiling those long hours, we're not doing our most creative and most insightful. So yes. that was always a big part of Sprock. I sometimes reread some staples of books in my life. And one of them is Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And mm. he talks about production and production capacity in like the beginning chapters and the old fable with the goose and the golden eggs. And it sounds exactly like what you guys are doing. You know, the, the old story to shorten it is there's a farmer. He has this goose. He sees a golden egg. One day he's like, wow, I'm rich. Takes it to the appraiser. It's gold. Comes back the next day. There's another golden egg. And he thinks, well, why don't I just cut the goose open and, and get all the golden eggs? He does. The goose dies. There's no more golden eggs. Moral is we can get production, but we have to keep like the production capacity, the factory, the machine, the goose or the developers in like the best flow for them to produce without too much like focus on golden eggs or without too much focus on the machine itself. But finding like that nice balance in between. And it seems like that's kind of the main focus of Sprocket Games structurally, yeah? That's a huge one. There's also, you know, that's, I think, a parable for when you, you really just have to pull every ounce of, of value out of a process, right? And, and that's yep. a huge ordeal. Games don't have that to the same degree because so many developers are so passionate about making games that sometimes... It's actually giving folks more tools to curb their own desire to be in the office and to, to just get that one new feature in, to just keep going a little mm -hmm. bit more. I've dealt with this as much as I've dealt with imposed crunch, where 
you know, self-driven crunch can be a real problem for so many game developers. And we want a culture that stops both of those things. We want to make sure that Sprocket doesn't ever have to ask folks to crunch, but we also give folks a baseline that sets the expectation that if the only way you can do your best work is by working 70 hours a week, maybe maybe that's not the way to go. And maybe we can show and give better tools where you actually get to exist as a human outside of work sometimes too. Right. And so many like interesting creative ideas can happen in that process where, you know, yes. if you're working 70 hours a week, there's no time to like daydream a bit or just have mm-hmm. ideas come to you, you know? So it seems like this structure and environment that you guys are creating for the developers not only helps the game itself, you know, launch in the best way, but it probably also gives these developers like different ideas, epiphanies that just come to them because there's more space for their imagination to kind of do its thing as well. Right. And uh, you mentioned like, you know, just getting to launch. Yeah. The other, one of the other aspects of games these days is that your launch isn't the end. It's the start. Right. Right. Games are all these decade-long service experiences, and it's amazing to get to have that relationship with players and to get to you know be an actual significant chunk of someone's leisure time over the course of their life often. Yeah. But a lot of development practices are still built around, okay, just burn through folks to get across the finish line. And that's incredibly counterproductive if it means half the folks that shipped your game walk out the door because they don't, they can't imagine being at the studio anymore. And that leads to a a player problem of, you know, you find this wonderful new game and then for reasons you can never understand the new, the next step of that game takes months or years and you Mm. just feel like, there's no reason to keep being here. I'll go find another game. Sprocket is one of our other core things we want to solve is making sure that we have everything we need so that our games are always worth playing. They're always worth coming back to. There's always something new for you every wow. time you log in. And some of that is technological. We have one of the most amazing technical foundations when it comes to our team that I could dream of. Just our our engineering talent is amazing. Our even our technical talent in our game design side and our art side is is fantastic. But a lot of it is also the culture. It's making sure that we don't see ship as a destination. We see it as a step in our process of which we expand far beyond yes. just getting out the door. Right. Yes. Man, that's great. That is that's great to hear, man. If, if more companies, big and small, adopted the this methodology, imagine what kind of business world we'd be living in, man. Where people over profits. I mean, it sounds trite and cheesy, but man, yeah, this is like inherently, you know, this is the right thing to do. You know what I mean? Like burning people out seventy out eighty hours a week is such a like capitalistic money first approach. Whereas the method that you guys you know, or implementing just seems so much more human. And the fact that you said like launch is just like the next step. And with other games, players can wait months or even years for the next level. You guys don't have that problem because your developers are with you guys and they're, they continue developing for the game. So that kind of translates to the player where there are new releases at a, a frequent enough rate, it sounds, where the player, just like the developer, stays engaged. Yeah. I mean, the one thing I want to start off there is, 
I don't think that response is money-centric, result-centric, or developer or player-centric, right? Mm -hmm. I think it's it's just fundamentally dated. I think if you are looking to maximize what players get to enjoy and they're, you know, give them reasons to invest both time and financially into your game, just having a great game on day one doesn't do that anymore. That's not what player expectations are at anymore. They, players, need to know there's a reason to stick with your game and invest in it. Right. Uh, this is especially true. We're our current plan is to be a totally free to play game. So we our whole business model assumes we will show you great ways to enhance your game to make your game more enjoyable. But we're not asking anything for you to give us a shot. That's incredibly empowering for reach and for getting folks to give us a shot. But it means that we have to, you know, constantly players that we're worth it. Yep. That's you know fundamentally different from a games out there where they can say, well, just just give us your 70 bucks and after that, we're kind of done. So I think it's especially in the way we envision our game living, there's just no rational way that you succeed if Mm -hmm. a third of your workforce burns out every couple of like two, three years. Um, It also means you can't invest in folks because if you're not going to hold on to anyone longer than a couple of months, why would you ever try to help someone get better? They're not long- they're not around yeah. long enough to really justify that equation. That's mm-hmm. fundamentally opposed to one of the other things we want to do, which is our studio comes is all people who've been in the industry for some of us 20 years, many of us 10 to 15 years. And many of us have benefited from someone in our careers giving us an opportunity that we were just not ready for. Yeah. And, and, you know, putting in the effort to help us get there. This is especially true for those of us who come from more marginalized backgrounds who really often don't get the same set of opportunities. We're a studio that wants to make sure we can give those opportunities to folks, which often signs you up for you're probably going to have to invest in folks because maybe they don't get the same access to mentorship or they haven't gotten the same set of opportunities Right. as more privileged developers, yep. which means we want to create an environment that they're happy to be at for us a real chunk of time so that when we invest in folks, they can reinvest in the folks after them. They get to contribute, grow, and continue to kind of pay off that investment, even though that's not the primary reason to do it. Right. The whole culture is built around a much longer retention model and a model where we make folks really happy to stay at Sprocket. Yeah, yeah, that that long term approach as as opposed to short term. That's great. Tell us um, what kind of games. I read that you guys are the first game is going to be like a cross platform social adventure type game. Yeah, and we are early enough that honestly we're not saying too much more at this point. We are just literally a couple of weeks after our first announcement here that exists. So at mm-hmm. this point, yeah, we're not talking much more than as you mentioned. Cross-platform, we want to make sure it's a game that regardless of what access to, if you have a high-end PC or maybe just a phone or you're playing on console, wherever you are, the game can come to you. That's really important to us. And Social Adventure is, you know, we really want to be a game that brings all of your friends together. We know that a lot of groups of players are much more about just finding that great way to spend time together and they'll happily jump from 
shooter to adventure to horror to whatever gives their friends an excuse to hang out and have a great time. And we think we can build something that's fantastic for that. But for the players that really want a challenge and want a sense of adventure and, and new worlds to explore, we think we can also build that as our backbone as well. Yes, that sounds awesome. Thanks. Thanks for sharing what you can about Happy that. Yeah, yeah. Is that going to be kind of the mood or the vibe of the games, the types of games that Sprocket is going to release? Or is this, is this just like the first one? Obviously, whatever, you know, you can share. But is that kind of the direction, kind of social adventure, bringing people together, that kind of stuff? So one of the things that's really exciting about Sprocket is... One, we're already, from day one, we've built a really diverse team that loves every sort of game I can possibly imagine. So the the appetite to make amazing games of many genres is definitely not a problem for us. Also, because we're focusing on building tools that move very quickly, that help us multiply the impact of every developer, It's the whole goal is for us to be incredibly flexible and incredibly quick to be able to move to what players are most excited for. Right. So, you know, the, the social adventure game is a space we think is really under delivered on right now. We think that that feeling of checking out a game and burning through it in days or weeks is really common right now. But if we ship our first game and there's a totally different opportunity that's out there, that's still a great way to bring friends together. We're not really bound to a single genre and we're making sure our tools Mm -hmm. are the sorts of tools that allow us to ship what players are most excited about, not just the thing that we think we should have made four years ago and got stuck on that route. Right. Interesting. And obviously the structural setup that you guys have allows you guys to be nimble And obviously the people that are on your team are kind of echo that mission. So it seems like it's not like, hey, gamers, take this game. Goodbye. It's more of like an interaction, a flow and engagement, a back and forth. There's like a consistent flow between the the two being, you know, user and developer or gamer and developer. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. One of our big high level values is shipping embarrassingly early. Right. We (laughs) want to make sure that. that we're getting stuff into players' hands in some way, just way before most companies would be comfortable. And, you know, there's a lot of trust that that takes if you're talking about putting something into a user lab or or an alpha test. We may be asking players to use their imaginations a little bit more or kind of, you know, fuel a few more hopes and dreams into the test if there's some jank still. But like you're talking about, it means that we get to start that dialogue with players of what, when you picked up that controller, when you picked up that phone, what caught your eye? What was something that you just couldn't wait to see more of? Because as a developer, you make some great guesses, but you're never on the money from day one. And right. talking to players and getting their hopes and dreams as soon as possible allows us to really take advantage of that nimbleness, of that technological background to make sure we're actually making the thing that they want. Yes. 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 Yeah. That's, that's great. And so the first game is about to be released. Uh, you said, no, 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 sorry. We, we just announced our seed funding. So okay, we are brand new at the start of the process. Gotcha. Gotcha. Cool. 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 Nice. And if we have some like up and coming developers that are listening, I know you guys are super inclusive If they want to be part of this, 
what's that process like? Is it, you know, just as easy as submitting their resume or just hitting you up via LinkedIn or, or your website, you know, for potential up and coming developers listening? Yeah. So, um, sprocket.games is our website. We're doing a bunch of our hiring through there, but we also have a, an active LinkedIn page. Where we're doing all of our recruiting. Uh, nice. again, just, just look for sprocket games. And yeah, so I'll, I'll be, I want to be transparent. A lot of the folks we're hiring right now, because we're a team of eight right now, we are hiring more experienced folks that will be able to kind of land on their feet because there's a thousand directions we need to go. And so each person is kind of getting a lot of ownership and responsibility from day one. The next major round where we start to kind of build out a lot more of the team will be where we start to look for more folks where we know we'll be investing and and could yeah handle folks that maybe have less experience maybe just a couple of game jams under their belt or you know yeah. some really amazing student projects etc we're a little ways off from that just i don't want to you know crush any hopes too fast right. but but we're the exciting thing is that we built our team not just with those superstar developers that can do their own work really well. I mean, yes, we have those folks, but we've also tried to kind of make sure everyone we've hired right now would be a great manager, be a great team lead, would be someone who knows how to train up the next round of folks that we hire and has real experience doing that. So while we're focused on folks that can crush it on their own right now, we made sure that those folks are also really hungry and excited to build out their teams and mentor the next generation at Sprocket. Right. Almost like, you know, the branches of a tree that you guys are watering mm -hmm. and, and kind of nurturing. And then those branches themselves kind of spring out, you know, obviously, um, part of the main core mission of Sprocket Games, but it seems like, you know, that's that's where the investment is is leading into these people is so that, you know, they can manage their teams. And it just seems like such an inclusive kind of web that you guys are building here. It's uh, great to hear, man. Yeah, I mean, we're really proud of trying to be creative for, yeah, not only how we can build opportunities for folks that I think could reach a lot of developers that maybe struggle to find those opportunities, other studios, but we're also trying to be really progressive in some of the benefits that we have that could help developers that are maybe in locations that aren't meeting their needs or that don't yep. give them access to care that they require. We already have a couple of folks that are outside of major cities. And we're already trying to figure out how we do travel benefits for medical coverage, for example, You know, because the whole point of Sprocket is that we want you to be able to do your best work. And if that means getting out of a city or state that no longer seems to have your best needs at heart, cool. That's what relocation is for. Even if we're a remote for a studio, let's get you to where you're going to do your best work. If, if we need to offer top tier medical care, I'm personally a cancer survivor. So this was a big one for me. Wow. We made sure that we weren't skimping on medical coverage. It, a lot of startups kind of have the understanding that that stuff will come along later. For us, it was a day one thing. We were spending the extra money to make sure that all the human stuff, all of the safety, all of the basic needs aren't something that sprocketeers need to worry about. Because when you can do your best to meet that, you're setting people up to do their best work. And that's what we're asking of folks. 
So right. it seems only fair that we cover those things, you know? Absolutely, man. The less you have to worry about, you know, these things, the more you can invest your creativity into building something and just the web and the entire infrastructure benefits. Incredible, man. Awesome. What are some insights you guys have learned in this process? I'm sure it wasn't it wasn't easy. You mentioned a big focus on healthcare and really caring for people from day one. Yeah. What are some like insights that you guys have, you know, uncovered along this process? Yeah. I mean, one of the things was like it maybe speaks to the wonderful folks we've gotten to hire is having these commitments and benefits that focus on on helping everyone kind of meet their own needs and, and not have to worry about a lot of the human aspects of life, even candidates that didn't benefit from a particular benefit. Like we have a commitment to offer gender affirming care. And, you know, a lot of cis folks say, oh, that's, that's nice. That's not for me. One, there was the fun education of like, no, this is something that'll probably benefit you and everyone else. Just most folks aren't used to hearing as those sorts of benefits kind of apply to them. But it also, the thing that really shocked me was even when benefits weren't obviously targeted towards someone we were attempting to hire, those candidates got so excited. They got really excited about the company they were joining, knowing that our overall philosophy of making sure we're taking care of you and making sure we're providing the environment to do your best work, regardless of who you are and, and what your extra needs might be. Right. That got a great response, even from folks that were like, oh, that's not for me, but I'm really proud to join a right. company that's doing that. Yeah. That was awesome. It. That was like such a reaffirming moment when that started happening more than what yeah, kept happening when we were doing our recruiting calls and things. Yeah. I love that, man. I love that. Yeah. You guys are hiring, I mean, for lack of a better word, like good people with like good hearts. I mean, if, if I know that these benefits, like for instance, for me, they don't benefit me, but they benefit the person I'm, I'm working with. I mean, that just... I don't know, just create such a good energy between the people. It seems like they actually care. Like your care is extended through these people, even if the benefits don't uh, benefit them, you know, per se. That's great to hear, man. That's awesome. It's in general, it's been, ex when we started the whole process of just trying to get funding and, you know, it, it started off with literally three of us just trying to convince VCs like, no, this is this is a bet worth making. This is the future of game development. Yeah. We expected we were gonna have to sell a lot of the how we build a more inclusive team, how we value diversity as like our core strength. And it was actually shocking how many VCs and and especially the folks that really loved games, that wasn't even a discussion point for so many of them. Like mm -hmm. it's just understood that there is a huge opportunity to rethink how we approach building teams and how we approach supporting people to do their best work. And we've, we've been extremely lucky that, especially everyone that backed us, Bitcraft and OneUp and Gangels have yep. all been contributing, not just a, yes, that's great, you do that, but have you thought about this? oh, we have someone else that's tried some of this. Would you like help? Would you like to do better? And right. you know, I, we didn't expect that. We did not expect to get so much encouragement and support from the, the folks that were betting on us, honestly. That's been really right. cool too. Damn, that does sound cool. Wow, you mentioned it was just a three you, you know, kind of a grind in a way. What would you say has been like the most difficult slash challenging part of the process up to now? Oh boy. I mean- 
there's always the normal founder thing that I think most founders will talk about of you're jumping in and you're, you're jumping into a lot of, of different roles and you know you're not good at some of them yet, but you might be the best option at the time. Yeah. That, that can really wreak havoc on imposter syndrome and anxiety. That can be a real challenge. And there's also just, you are, you know, we're going after some of the most brilliant talent that I'm, I've ever been lucky enough to work with in the industry. <laughs> you know, knowing the many opportunities those folks have, you're asking them to take a real leap of faith, to, to start something new, to start something in a difficult industry. Games are impossibly hard to make, even with the yeah. best folks. And you know, talking about imposter syndrome, con- convincing yourself this is a, a great thing to ask people to do. If I did not get such amazing reassurance and excitement from the team, I think that could really stagger me. I think right. we're very lucky to have a team that is very affirming, that constantly gives each other energy. And it that one gets really flipped, right? The, the little yep. moments of doubt get squished really hard when you see the group coming around and rallying around the creative ideas or rallying around our technical goals or, right. or our cultural goals, right? And seeing each of us kind of give each other that extra bit of confidence that we might need. It's amazing to already have a team that is helping each of us kind of get over that challenge. Yeah. Oh man. That is great to hear, man. We, uh, we love you guys, man. We support you. We'll definitely be looking out for you. We're obviously going to have all the links in the description. If you know, there's more seasoned developers now, obviously, like you mentioned in the near future, um, kind of open up, you know, to more up and coming developers, but man, we love what you're doing. We obviously read a bit about you, but hearing more into how you guys work and, and why you do what you do is really, really inspirational. You know, thanks. Thanks so much for doing this. Was there anything else you wanted to touch on or kind of leave our viewers with on my side? It's been a pleasure and we'll obviously be be looking out for you. Uh, you know, we're such early days. It, it feels bad to not get to say more about the game and the, the things that we're making. We cannot wait to start talking about that stuff. If anyone wants to follow along as we start to, you know, get to start a player community and get to start doing our, even just our little peaks and teasers, sprocket.games for the website. Our Twitter account is our main social media. Once again, just look for Sprocket Games. We're still just barely scratching the surface of what we want to make, but we really hope folks will come adventure with us. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Joe Greylock, thank you so much for joining us and we'll we'll definitely keep an eye out for you. We're uh we're rooting for you and and thanks so much for doing this, Joe. Mo, it's it's really been just a wonderful time and and thank you so much for talking with me. All right. Talk to you soon. All right, bye-bye. Bye.